So why, why do people not find? Okay, first of all, potentially they don't know what they're seeking for. They don't know what they're seeking for. So if it's labeled treasure, and it's nice and shiny on the outside, if you don't know what you're looking for, then it's quite reasonable to assume that you found something of value. Okay, maybe they do know what the treasure is, but they just don't appreciate its real value, don't understand its real value, can't maybe accept that it's its value. And then the last thing is that actually people want other things. They actually want other things. And the trouble with that is if you want the treasure, then you're digging in the wrong place. So this week, I thought we might do a quick personality check. You know, like they do in the magazines, a quick personality check. So here we are. Let's check your personality. So, how do we know what we treasure? How do we know what we treasure? That's what we're going to look at. So in this story, Jesus told about somebody who sold everything they had in order to gain something else. There's no question in, the, in our minds about what value they put on what they found. This is worth more than all of this. This is worth more than all of this. Now, imagine if it wasn't in that man's mind. Then what he would do would be something entirely different. He might perhaps say, well, it's a lovely thought to have that, but completely sailing up to get it Eh, I'm afraid I can't do that. Now, okay, these are fictional characters, but it's still relevant. See, if gaining one thing means losing another, then the answer will still always be the same. If what we have in our mind is not what we're prepared to lose, then we're going to say this, I can't. I can't. It won't be, I won't. It'll be, I can't. I can't. Jesus said this, that where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. So the word you're looking for to understand you And me to understand me is this word, I can't. I can't. Now, there's an element in that of compulsion, even more, possibly even slavery in I can't. Who says I can't? Nobody can tell me I can't except you. You tell you I can't, and I tell me I can't. And yet, and I was thinking about this, I was thinking probably 90% Even 95%, possibly 99% of the answers that church leaders from British evangelical Christians receive when they request something which means giving up something else, the answer they will get is this, I can't. They will get, I can't. Now, I speak to other church leaders, and sometimes they say they can't believe how trivial the thing is that they're asking, and they're still here, 
I can't. But this is the way of the world. At the moment, this is the way of the world. There is no option to give up in order to get. Our whole thinking in the modern world is accumulative. So in other words, I get without giving up. So I keep what I have and I get. And in the end, of course, we see a massive increase in stress, a massive increase in mental health problems. We see relationships and debt, etc., 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 purely on the basis that I cannot give up in order to get. I have to keep and get, which is quite interesting, really, isn't it? So after a while, <laughs> it's like kids. So you have the big toy, the small toy, the little toy, the tiny little thing, a small sweet, a stone, a box with washers in it, and whatever. And you say to the kid, well, what's your favorite? And they say, they all are. Well, well I'll give you this for it, if, if you want, no, can't. Why not? Because they're all my favorite. And it's almost to the point where nothing actually has a value relative to anything else. They're all actually of exactly the same value because giving them up is an I can't. So the question is, what do you treasure? And the answer is absolutely everything. And that's a problem when it comes to taking spiritual treasure. But anyway, there you go. So the reasons why we can't can be really quite obscure. But I'm suggesting that I can't is on the basis of two things. It's on the basis of what we want, and it's on the basis of what we want to avoid. When I used to teach people around counseling and psychology, this is what I used to say. These are the two motivations in life, what I want and what I want to avoid. Now, we look at what we want, and we're driven by it, but human beings are driven more by what we want to avoid. So if we want to avoid conflict we will put up with all sorts of situations. And if we, if we fear doing without, which is the great, wonderful, modern fear, then if the idea is we have to give up in order to get, we can't. We can't. We just can't. Lots of reasons. Security, expectations, Media slavery, selfishness, just plain and simple, family medans, previous hurts, disdain for other Christians, you see that a lot, consumerism, bragging rights, inability to forgive, an inability to admit we're wrong, anger every time Christians suggest you must do or must. I think it's quite an interesting because the cardinal sin for a pastor in a church in the modern evangelical church, is to say, you must or you ought. Which is quite difficult, I have to say, because if you read the New Testament, it's truly shocking how many times Jesus says it. So, uh, but Jesus does say, you must and you ought. But um, apparently, if anybody else does, it's legalism. Um, so we don't say it. Even so. But the bottom line is, that if what you have doesn't move you on spiritually, then it's not treasure. If what you have doesn't move you on spiritually, then it's not treasure. Do you agree by that? Who agrees with that? 
Yeah, because at the end of the day, we can accumulate all sorts of stuff and still know that we're spiritually lacking. And it's the same in the world. The compulsion to keep and to keep and to keep and to keep is simply that. What happens in the wild when an animal has had enough to eat? It goes to sleep, yeah. When it's had enough, it stops. Now, I heard the huge Nile crocodiles, you know the ones that are just enormous and weigh about a ton? Apparently, some of them, I don't know if this is true, but I did see it on a wildlife program with David Attenborough, um, but apparently they only eat once a year. They only eat once a year. And then they stop hunting. But human beings have everything they want and don't stop. Just keep going. Is that natural? And no, I don't think so. But there you go. That's by the bar. Okay. So if you don't have what you want, why you keep going? And the answer is this, because we're still insecure. We're still anxious. We're still unfulfilled. We're still full of doubt. We're still unsure of our place. We're still not sure of our purpose or our calling. We're still harassed and unable to stop. We're still, in Christian terms, we're still frustrated that the church is not doing what we think it should. We're still looking at everyone else. We're still asking, why haven't I got what they've got? One of the brilliant lies of the world is that the people that get presented to you on television screens and whatever are happy. No, no, don't kid me. You believe it. The, the thing I love about this is, right, here's, here's the psychology that works. So we read about people who win the lottery getting divorced and, and becoming mentally ill and even sometimes suing the lottery for giving them all that money when they don't know what. And in people's heads we go, yes, but that wouldn't be me. <laughs> that wouldn't be me. And the answer is, why not? And the answer is, because I want this stuff. I want it to be me. Even though it's going to make me miserable, yes. We're really smart, aren't we? It's great. Anyway, so the problem is there's no treasure to be found there. Even though it's labeled treasure, it's not treasure. We don't get what we need because we're digging in the wrong place. And I'm talking to you believers as well as you unbelievers. Jesus is the only thing we've got, and anything that Jesus offers that we turn down on the basis of I can't is what is holding us as slaves right now. However, having said that, I'm aware that you've already heard me and probably lots of other people say this no end of times. And one of the things we know is that when something gets repeated and repeated and repeated and repeated, like teenagers, we become immune to it. It just washes over. I want to tell you a story about Guyana. Guyana is a very hot country. It's on the South American Atlantic coast. Uh, Barbados is quite close to it. It's very hot. 
Now, I worked there, and I used to have friends in Guyana, and they would be visiting a cold country like Sweden or Canada or even Britain, and they'd be going in winter. They'd be going in January or February. Have you got the thing? So, hottest it's ever been that I've known in Guyana is 123 degrees, and it once, while I was there, dropped in the middle of the night to 68 degrees. And people said, it's freezing. Okay, so that's how hot it is. So anyway, they're going somewhere like Sweden in January, okay, which is almost as cold as our broth in June. Um, so anyway, so, and I'll say, well, you know it's going to be cold, don't you? And they'd say, yes, I know. I've got lots of warm clothes. And I'd say, well, you know that warm clothes aren't enough, I'd say. You need to eat for the cold as well. You need to eat plenty of carbohydrates, such as bread and pasta, rice and potatoes, to help you keep warm. I can't eat those, people would say. I need to watch my blood pressure, which is the Caribbean thing, rightly so, by the way. So everybody watches their blood pressure, even when they're like seven. But anyway, I can't eat those. I've got to watch my brother. And well, I say, well, no matter how many clothes you wear, if you don't eat properly, you're going to be cold. And their faces just glaze over. They have utterly no concept in their head of what I'm talking about. None what I've utterly confused them. Their brain will not compute. You see, because hot is outside. The sun, it shines, it's hot, it clouds over, it's cold. If it's cold, put a cardigan on. Don't be as cold. Then it gets hot, take it off again, put it on. The idea that anything going on inside has anything to do with warmth or cold is so alien that they just don't get it. They just look... They're too polite to tell me I'm an idiot, but I can see it in their face. So anyway, off they go to wherever, Sweden, or indeed Arbroath. Never come across any of them have gone to Arbroath. I'm not sure Scottish people ever go to Arbroath, but there you go. and, and, And then they come back and I say, well, how was it? And they go, I was freezing. I said, well, didn't you have lots of warm clothes? Yes, I had lots of warm clothes. A really expensive coat. My friend gave me more. And you were still cold. Yes, I was. What did you eat? Well, I ate chicken and fish and salad. So, well, you didn't eat the right food. Blank again. Even having gone, nigh on frozen to death with a thermal coat on, they still couldn't work out that food and warmth were related because something in their brain said, no, it's not. Does that make sense? Okay, right. So, I just want to say the same to you. Everything that you own is of no value compared to serving Jesus. And maybe... When you say, I can't, it's because you just haven't figured that out. See, the trouble is, (laughs) 
Eventually, like the rich young ruler, do you know what I'm the rich young ruler? The rich young ruler goes to Jesus and goes, what, can, what do I need for eternal life? And, and he says, well, be, be a generally good person in a Jewish sort of way. And he said, well, I've done that. And Jesus was impressed. So he said, well, one last thing then. Sell what you've got, give it to the poor, and follow me. And what did the guy say? I can't, because he loved his wealth. But this is, a, this is an illustration of what happens to every Christian. And every Christian eventually comes to a juncture where what something that they have needs to be given up. Because that's how God disciples us. That at some point, He will ask us to give this up to have that. And every time we say, I can't, we fill our lives with dross and say no to treasure. I'd like it to be otherwise. Can't say I haven't done the same myself because I have, but we, we are never given a Christian lifestyle that doesn't involve sacrifice. We are never called to discipleship that doesn't involve giving things up. And if we think otherwise, then to be honest, we're digging in the wrong place. So look, let me just tell you to finish off. There isn't anything worth having in the world at all except Jesus. No matter how much you accumulate, none of it will be with you when you face God. The other thing is that God is not mean. He doesn't take anything off us to spite us. Quite the opposite. He has better for us than we already have. He has better for us than we already have. If our life isn't working, and goodness knows we all know what that feels like, God has got something for us which will work. But sometimes to have it, we have to let go of what we've got, and we just seem to have lost the psychology that enables us to do that. So we end up digging in the wrong place. But the right place is that we receive all the riches that are in Christ. As Emily was singing, we, it's not anything to do with us that gets us this, but Christ in us. This is the life changer. Accumulation is a lifestyle. And when it ends, guess what you're left with? Nothing. Somebody uses your money to buy you a box to lay you in and then shares the rest out. Am I lying? I'm not, you know. I'm not. Sometimes they even resent paying for the flowers. That's the net product of accumulation. But the riches in Christ are eternal, and that's what we want. So, we want the things that are of God. Peace, transformation, purpose, hope, power, fruit, and so much more. We can be transformed into the likeness of Jesus, who had virtually nothing to his name and yet changed the civilization of the world. Funny how that happened, isn't it? Never made it as a celebrity and yet changed the history of the world.
And the people that he called who followed him, they were part of that. They were the ones who didn't say, I can't. But we know in the Bible there were quite a lot of people who said, I can't. So do you know what your treasure is? This is how you know. Whatever God challenges you to give up, that means you saying, I can't. That's your treasure. And if it is, you're digging in the wrong place. Let's pray. Lord, give us spiritual wisdom. Give us spiritual insight. Give us spiritual eyes. Help us to see that true freedom comes from you. That there is nothing that anybody or anywhere can offer us that will give us the things that we actually need and crave. Help us, Lord, not to be slaves, but to be free. We want that freedom. Lord, give us a hunger to dig in the right places for the treasures that we have that are in Christ Jesus. Amen.